HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is presented by Corgi Spirits, Jersey City's first and only distillery, and by Bon Bon, a neighborhood bistro in Lawrence, Kansas, bringing Midwest flavors to international cuisine. I'm HRN's Communication Director, Kat Johnson, with a preview of the next episode of Meat and 3, our weekly food news roundup. We're exploring the future of eating animals, and we're going beyond typical meat sources. If you look at the length of human history, we've been eating insects a lot longer than we haven't been in the United States and Western Europe. We're looking at unusual ways to purchase meat. People are like, really? Why would I want to buy that out of machine? And we introduce you to Frank Reese, a poultry farmer whose traditional farming methods are featured in a new documentary. I'm a fourth-generation farmer in Kansas, and I focus basically all on standard-bred poultry and have my whole life. He's kind of the last one standing with these rarefied breeds that are so important for if we're going to eat chicken and turkey into the future. He's essential. He's a national treasure. Listen to Meat and 3 this week to better understand the history and the future of meat. Available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil that rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sound in the end. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. Souther, what the fuck? How Sorry. you been, man? I'm very well. Good to see you. You too, man. What's going on? You know. What have you been up to? Living the life. Uh, past couple weeks have been super busy. The book, man. We, did, we talked uh, about the book last week, week a We bit. did uh, uh, BCB. My, oh, yeah. My, I got my proof copy of my book, which is crazy. I finally read the forward by Robert O. Simonson. It took me a long time to brave yeah. up to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't it. like to read about myself. It was nice. It was very nice. I, I don't like to read I don't think my editor would. But I, do I don't, I don't think my editor would have put it in the book if it wasn't nice. <laughs> but it was very nice. There was Tiki by the Sea. Oh my God! There were so many things going on this whole last month. It's crazy. As is usual, an embarrassment of riches uh, yeah. here in New York City. Yeah. Wow. What have you been up All to? Times, man. I've just been reading about you. <laughs> I've been like, I've been following you around, trying to find that pre. Uh, Pre-release copy of that book. Yeah, yeah, just the one copy right now. I think there's literally four copies in New York. Yeah. My editor has one, and I think he gave one to Eric Mesker, the photographer, and I think uh, I think my contract guy has one. Eric it's... Mesker, by the way, who was crushing on the show it. like uh, a few weeks back, he's crushing it. Yeah, he. It turns out he uh, he just moved into a new studio. Yeah, that's in the same building as uh, 
in the Gowanus as uh, uh, Brooklyn Jenton, where I work. I didn't know that. Yeah. What is he, in your basement? Because I think he's in the basement, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so we're neighbors. That guy. Great dude. Anyhow, let's talk about the ladies in the studio. I'm gonna Do op- it. I'm going to open up a Paloma. You introduce our guests. Oh, God. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was probably the best bottle opening. Uh... Let's try it again. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. yeah. Dave, are you recording Dave, these for later? Yeah, you got to record these so we can later. So at Leanda... So we have... They bottle these Palomas. Yeah, yeah that's ahead. true. That is true. Um, so we have um, friends of the show. One more. Julie Reiner. <laughs> Wait. Oh, we should probably do one for Dave. <laughs> Wait. Oh, we, thanks. Do we? No, we have more. We have more, I actually. <laughs> yeah. Introduce what? our no. guests. I'm going to grab Sorry. one in the fridge. <laughs> we have Julie Reiner and Susan Pedro. They have uh, Clover Club, Landa, Flatiron Lounge. Pegu Club. Pegu Club. Little known fact, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, you guys are sort of silent over it. So Pegu. they, you know, like, you know, some places that I hope uh, eventually uh, kind of make it. <laughs> you know. One more for Dave. There you go. That's for Dave. Dave, come get it. Um, These are huge. How am I supposed to get this in this bottle? <laughs> those are giant. Oh, my God. You brought... Okay, so, okay, for our listeners here. Where's our knife and cutting board? Over here. Um, right, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So, uh, for our listeners... Um, Look at Julie. She can't help herself. We're all in service. We know what it's like to be in service. <laughs> you've heard of Clover Club. You've heard of Leanda. You've heard of Flatiron Lounge. You've heard of Pegu Club. These are, like, four very, very, very iconic bars in New York City, in Brooklyn. Um, and today, we're here just to... Catch up. Talking about Talk celebrating shot. those things. Yeah. Celebrating women in our industry that are strong and powerful voices. Absolutely. And that are also. Heard, that are heard across the bar and across also, the world. Also, so I don't know if you know yeah. this. You probably don't because you don't, you're not really big on social media. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Clover Club just had its 10-year anniversary. That's right. 10 years, man. Yep. Decade. <laughs> That's big. I love um, the applause track. Yeah. That's good. Dave's it's our good. live audience at Roberta's. Dave just gets real stoned and just like finds his way through the mini panel. <laughs> yeah, I want to carry that around with me all day. <laughs> so, so ten years—that's crazy. Let's talk about that. Like to, yeah. to kick it off, that's like that's insane. Yeah, it's a huge accomplishment anywhere, especially in New York City. This is yeah. not this is not an easy market. Oh no, uh, by any means, and and it chews people up and spits them out. And to be somewhere for ten years is is incredible. Yeah, they say what one percent of all bars and restaurants make it ten years. One percent. <laughs> not very, Odds are not not in your favor, <laughs> no. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we're we're really excited uh, uh, to celebrate that milestone, and we've had so many great um, people through our doors, and just awesome bartenders who you've had everyone. Yeah, it's <laughs> well. That's why we did our we did our ten year anniversary um, menu. We did like a whole special menu for the next six months to a year. I think we're going to edit it a little bit, but. Um, Jill DeGroff did caricatures of all yeah. of the bartenders. Because Lovely we've work. Had, I've seen some of it. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah I've it been... Like yeah, it's like a yearbook kind of a thing, and I've been posting them because she did such a great job. And some of the bartenders, you know, Thomas Waugh's photo or drawing is hysterical, but they're all real characters, and she really uh, was able to capture everybody so beautifully. Yeah, and some of the old bartenders came into town, like like Nick Jarrett and, and Brad Farron, and, I mean, like, Frankie Marshall's there, and like Katie Stipe didn't come into town, but I was she's in it. Yeah, I saw her. Yeah. But she's oh, in yeah. her book, caricature, and yep. her caricature is amazing. It's it it so actually good. really captures Jill's work is so you know so good. Yeah, yeah. But it's it was so cool because like 
it, to have that set up, like on Smith Street in in Carroll Gardens, Cobble Hill, whatever you want to call it. I call it all Carroll Gardens because uh, I'm, yeah. I'm actually in Carroll Gardens. But it's, like, <laughs> it's all my neighborhood. But yeah. we're on the cusp of yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Whatever, Bococa. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever you want to call it. Cobble Hill, but, uh, Carroll Gardens. It's Brooklyn. It's like the heart of Brooklyn, right? Yep. So. um Having Clover Club and Leanda right across the street from each other, it was so fucking cool <laughs> to have, like, I was on my way, just, like, I was passing through. I didn't even really get to have a drink. I, I think I had a copita of mezcal with uh, my buddy Robbie Nelson from Plymouth Uh He's a but, permanent fixture oh, at love yeah, bars. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where are you, dude? He's like, I'm at this bar called Linda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he, my first time here. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like popping through. It's like I didn't even have time to to order and drink a, a cocktail because it, there, everyone was there. You have these very celebrated bars, and it was so cool to have them right across the street from each other. It really is great. It yeah. was so like lively and lovely, you know. Yeah. Well, they really, but the bars really complement one another. We we had had Clover Club for quite a few years, and our. Uh, the landlord came to us in the middle of December and we were insanely busy and he was like, I want you ladies to take my space. Like he owns six buildings on Smith street that his mom bought in the forties yeah, for like a dollar. Like you know? Yeah. Yeah. And totally paid off. Yeah. Forever. And it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. and he, so he loves that Clover club is in his building, like brags to all of his like neighborhood buddies. And, uh, and he had this building across the street and I didn't even know that it was his. I had been looking at that space for quite a few years cause I just loved the facade of it. Well, it used to be like a restaurant, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it was, was like two different place. Yeah, two different restaurants and then uh, and so we had kind of scouted it and it had an outdoor space uh, and we didn't know that he owned that building uh, at all. So he came to us and asked us if we would consider putting something in there because he had had two failed restaurants in that location. Right. Um, and Ivy Mix was trying to open something at the time. But you know how that goes. It was like she had no money and no track record and nobody would... <laughs> <laughs> lease her I don't space. know anything about that. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know how it goes in New York. You can't get it until you do it, but you can't do it if you don't. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Catch um, 22 every time. Yeah. yeah. So it's like mid-December and he comes to us. Yeah. We're getting our asses kicked at Clover, which is great. It's like season. And uh, he sends a text. Uh, I have this space and I'll offer you, you know, 15-year lease and everything what? that you want to hear. And we're like, we can't even catch our breath. But I'm like, well, we should take the meeting. And our always, partner, always, take take meeting. Meeting. always take the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Always take the meeting. So our partner, Christine, and I went up to his apartment to have the meeting. And uh, he took the meeting, you know, in his, like, fluffy slippers and his bathrobe. Well, this guy is, like, <laughs> and that, you know what? <laughs> Yeah. For a lot of people, they might not realize it. They, they might think that is, like, a weird tell. No. Like, like, man, it is. is a, I love but, it. But in Brooklyn? Yeah. Like, I feel like that means like, he was relaxed enough to be like, yeah, I'm just talking to these people. Totally. Like, just chill. These are my gonna, friends, uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's a person. We're not dealing with a management company. So right, right. exactly. Keep your exactly. bathrobe. We're good. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's got, like, a fireplace. But keep it on. <laughs> yeah, just keep it on. Yeah. yeah, keep it on. It's classic. Yeah, yeah it was really funny. But, but so we ended up, you know, we were, and we were talking about it. We are like, well, if we're going to do something across the street from ourselves, it has to be, like, the polar opposite of what we do at Clover and something that's going to complement it. Um, and we knew that Ivy was kind of trying to do something. I think what she ultimately was wanting to do was very different than what Leanda ended up being. Um, but we talked to her and, and uh, we're just, you know, we talked to her about what 
tequila mezcal and that whole scenario. Yeah, because she spent a lot of time in South America. She lived in Guatemala, and it was re- it's really her passion and you know the mm-hmm. cocktails that she had produced over the years. She started with us at Lonnie Kai. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. And then came over to Clover when we when we sold Lonnie Kai and and um, you know that's always sort of been her genre you know all things south of the border as far as spirits yeah. goes um, yeah and she was on board and excited about it and so the whole place was really yeah. based around her love of that part of the world and and. Leanna just had their three-year anniversary. Yeah. So yeah. It's three over ten. You were celebrating both, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. As, as did Grand Army. So here's the thing that, like, I find all these, like, similarities in what, what you and I have done in our neighborhood. Uh-huh. One, so I opened Prime Meats around the same time that Clover Club opened. We opened right after you guys did. So mm-hmm. Prime Meats is going to have its ten-year anniversary. Yep. And then we opened Grand. I opened Grand Army uh, with my with my uh, some of my team from from uh, Primates three years ago, like yeah. right before you opened uh, uh, Leanda. Yep. And then also, Ivy Megs is an identical twin, as am I. Whoa. So there's all this weird stuff. Like when we opened Primates. <laughs> There's so many. I know parallels. lots of creepiness. That's just creepy. But uh, <laughs> when when we opened Prime Meats, I would take the staff over to Clover Club after work, and we would have cocktails there, and just like that was our decompression. And we were so excited about it. Still are obviously. Um, we still meet up there all the time. I still go there all the time. I'm sorry. We see, we see Damon on Smith Street all the time. It's great. You get out more than I do. Um, I, and you, you have to walk past us to get to your bar. So I'm actually like one of those. I'm, I'm like you're, you're the landlord of that building. I, 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 I could probably get away with walking around in like a bathrobe and slippers. <laughs> you, you totally could. But, uh, you could hang out in, in the office. Hat, and you, know? would, you could be downstairs like getting ice out of the ice machine. Nobody would ask you any questions. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, actually, when we opened Grand Army, one of the greatest things was Ivy was at... Ivy Mix was at the bar at Grand Army, and uh, we were just so fucking slammed. We opened on Cinco de Mayo, which we thought yep. was a really strategic idea. <laughs> we're yep. like, everyone's going to be doing Cinco de Mayo stuff. It'll be fine. Like, we'll just, like, sneak into opening. No, we were fucking slammed. And we ran out of ice. And Ivy <laughs> went to Clover Club and got a giant igloo cooler full of fucking ice. And brought, it, and over. brought it over. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm... I'm even before that, I was your neighbors. Even before yeah. that, I was part of a cup of sugar. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's the same for you. Like on the oh, man. like in the Lower East or East Village Mafia right going on. Yeah, you guys, you all <laughs> support so each other. Stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I, I digress. Um, but yeah, it's it's really exciting to see the the growth of of both of those. Like, and like the the coolest thing is like. To me, like Landa and, and Clover Club, like just seeing people like kind of like toggle back and forth. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like yeah, you mean guests at the at, at guests, guests, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. also staff, sure. A little yeah, bit it's of that been too, right? Ryan Laloya and uh, and 
Doesn't Jelani like, work at both? Jelani works Jelani, at both. No, Jelani's just at Clover, oh, but he Clover? spends a lot of time at Clover. Well, he spends a lot. We hang out over there, I guess. Yeah, the Clover staff goes over and uses the bathroom at Land. <laughs> there's True. an actual I actually staff use, bathroom. I use the staff bathroom there, too. Uh, yeah, yeah you, you have, <laughs> again, you know. free license do you, to do so that. So do you have a staff bathroom? No, like, it's a Mother of Pearl. It's just that one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah. No, we have to duck through the kitchen and go to Mother of Pearl. I've done that too. There's no way we. You can know what? All right, survive. With the <laughs> we bathroom. might have to have a whole show dedicated to like how how you go to the bathroom, how, how and where, how and where. Yeah, yeah, it's tough in our. Business. Maybe that's your next yeah. book that you can write on your phone while you're sitting yeah, on the toilet. Sure. Why not? Because that's how you write. You know, I, you wrote I've this whole book. That you wrote your whole phone. book well, on your minus phone. the toilet part. Yes, that's I wrote amazing. My oh, be honest, dude. <laughs> where else are you gonna have that kind of privacy, dude? Get it. I don't have a computer. You weren't doing it on the fucking subway. You were doing it on was. the toilet. <laughs> everyone, sometimes I did. Everyone sometimes knows I did this. Here while we were on the You're show. gonna try and act. Yeah. You drink. <laughs> Drop it. Will you drink your Paloma? Let's talk about these real fast. You brought yeah, us bottle Palomas from Landa. Yeah. And you well, serve them like this at Landa. We serve them over ice uh, at Landa. Um, but I figured, you know, I was like, we're, we're coming to the radio show. I wanted to bring something from one of the bars. We have a bottled spritz at, at Clover that we do. Um, and these are all the, the brilliance of Tom Macy, um, who is, the, is our partner at both mm-hmm. Clover and Landa and head bartender. He does mm-hmm. a lot of this kind of stuff. And he's super fascinated with, you know, carbonating things and putting them in bottles. Oh, Jesus. Does he yeah. hang out with Dave? Arnold? Yeah. <laughs> he needs to meet David. Like obs- oh, is he not? Oh, Jesus. No. That man is obsessed with this notion of carbonation. Yeah. And, and of course, bottling cocktails, too. So you don't serve it in the bottle. You, you crack it and you pour it. We pour it over ice. And then leave yeah. a little so yeah, they can play with it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Adorable. Um, but it's fucking delicious. The cool thing about it is, I've done this a couple of times. Wait. Oh, shit. I might get people into trouble. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, you we take a roadie. <laughs> yeah. We take it to movie You're theaters. You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Boomerang. Yeah. yeah, the best boomerangs. Totally. Yeah, you know uh, yeah. we have the sharpie mustaches in our flask. It's been there for five years. Same thing. Yeah, dude. Take the <laughs> sharpie mustache. The... Probably twenty of those a month walk out the door because we're like, hey, take this to somebody. Yeah, and they're also hundred milliliters. So I tell people that are from out of the country, I'm like, hey, enjoy your time in New York. Drink this on the plane on the way home. Yeah, yeah. you know, totally. however long you're staying, like this yeah. is your this is your go homer. Right? Exactly. Do you think that the uh, the the bottled cocktail, like, well, okay, so let me back up a little bit. You. Recently, like I guess it was like last year, you open up your your backyard, and then the there's like a back area, like a an, an, another section of Landa. It's like, do you think you'll ever have like buckets? <laughs> we did bu- for the party, the you ten did? year anniversary yeah. party. We had a whole uh, Paloma but, like, but, station where you I could mean, just crack your own. If you did Love that, a, I know I, we know it'd be bucket, great. Bucket of bottles. I mean, like, Why not? that's like. We did th- we did a, a bucket of we did bucket a bucket of gin and tonics on the menu really? at Clover. Maybe was it like two summers ago? Yeah. And Tom was super excited about it, but and then nobody ordered it. <laughs> it was we were like, this is the best thing ever. A bu- who doesn't want a bucket of gin and tonic? But everybody Seriously. orders yeah. cocktails, you know, at Clover. So yeah. you know, if we had a garden. Something about being in the garden with a bucket yeah, of bottles. Exactly. Yeah, That's you had to be out, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to be outdoors to drink out of a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> Or drink <laughs> bottles out of a bucket. All right. It's time for us to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. But first, you need to read that thing. What thing? That thing this thing? Yeah. Oh. No, I don't even need to read anything. I'll tell you. Tell me about it. So, it is our annual summer fun drive. I didn't add the D on that. 
because it's just fun. Because it's fun. Yeah. And it's fun driving. It's our fun Not drive. while you're drinking Palomas out of bottles, though. <laughs> Don't drink and fun drive. <laughs> this is like beach bottle. So uh, the radio station is looking to uh, build up some some uh, funds for the, not just for this show, but for the entire station. We're looking to be able to make this station bigger, better, faster, louder, and... Uh, we're not building a chopper here. No. That, yeah, we're, just, we're just trying to feed me. <laughs> we're just trying to feed Dave. Eat that We're line. trying to get him some, feed me. some extra uh, sound effects so he can blast up during the show. So, <laughs> see, that one's so tired. We got to get. And that's how I feel right now. Yeah. Without your support, go to. uh, You can actually do recurring donations at uh, the Heritage Radio Network. dot org. You can sign up for like five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, and it'll just keep, you know, keep us going. Um, If you want to, we'll also have next week. We we have a a big announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to hit twenty five thousand dollars by July thirty first. We've just kind of like started at that. We're we're getting pretty. We've got we're some traction. Close. Yeah, we're moving. Yeah, we're moving along. But uh, there's a there's an announcement that's going to happen next week with our our it might show change with, everything. Might change everything. Yeah. Might just buy gold Rolexes for all of us. But uh, <laughs> I don't know if it'll go that nah, far. That's not true. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> uh, next week we have uh, uh, Dave Wondrich in. No Rothbaum on the show, and, and they've made us a delightful offer. Yeah, they sure have. And they've made a, an, off, an offer to the listener. So stay tuned for that show next week. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break, yep. and we'll be right back with Julie Reiner and Susan Federer. This episode is presented by Corgi Spirits. Housed at Jersey City's first and only distillery, Corgi Spirits meticulously crafts small batch, ultra premium gins with wonderfully unique botanical blends. Their brilliant spirits are suited for drinking on their own or in making cocktails that are refined yet playful, much like the dogs after which the brand is named. Because Corgi Spirits love dogs as much as they appreciate exceptional drinks, A portion of profits from every bottle of Corgi is donated to a local dog and animal rescue organization. Learn more about their mission to craft a better breed of spirits while helping save animals by visiting corgispirits.com. This episode is also presented by Bon Bon, a neighborhood bistro in Lawrence, Kansas, bringing Midwest flavors to international cuisine. Bon Bon is a place for friends and neighbors to come together and enjoy good food and good company. The heart of Bon Bon is filled with love for the community of Lawrence, Kansas, for the staff and suppliers that put food on the tables, for quality local ingredients, and for fun creative dishes. Learn more at bonbonlawrence.com. And we are back. That's right. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. In the studio today, two extremely powerful women in our industry, the, the drinks and spirits industry, Susan Fedroff and Julie Reiner. Um, 
ladies, you crush it at Clover Club, which we've been talking about a lot, and at Leanda, which we've been talking about a lot. But you're also silent partners over at Pegu, and you have Flatiron Lanterns as well. How long has Flatiron been around? We're talking about 10 years at Clover, but Flatiron's older. Uh, yeah, we're close to 20 years. We yeah. have like 17. 2003 yeah. we opened. Yeah. Gowza! It's been a long time. Right, so you talk about that. I was two years old then. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, so were we. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we started our I was 40. over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so you talked about earlier how the statistic that's out there that's 1% of restaurants and bars make it, and here you are with several that are making it, uh, well, 1% that make it to 10 years, and you've got mm. two that have crushed that, yeah. uh, and you've got a couple that, that are obviously going to crush it as well. Like, how does that feel, and how do you feel every day when you go to work or when you do your thing? Um, it feels great. I mean, you know, we this is our life, and it's not easy to run multiple bars, that's for sure. Um, and it's certainly not always super glamorous. I, I get to do a little bit more of the, the fun traveling around, waving at people, and <laughs> shaking cocktails and stuff. Um, Susan and Christine, our partner Christine, deal with a lot of the back-of-the-house stuff. And, you know, it's like... The refrigerators are down, and we need a tank of gas to like shoot refrigerant. <laughs> you know, you know all of that stuff. The the porter didn't show up, and um, all of those annoying things. I think uh, I have the same porter. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Seriously. And part of it, I think, is you get to do something like, different every day. I mean, there's always some new crisis or something. It's always crisis management, right? So you feel like it's like it's fun. It's a challenge. It can be. I like the build out part the best. So I like the beginning stages yeah. of it, the construction phase and dealing with all of that. That, for me, is really fun and mm -hmm. creative. And then when you get into the sort of, like, when you're a couple of years in, then you get into the monotony of a day-to-day. -day. But then there's also a science to that and getting it to really run efficiently. And yeah, I, find, I find that part for me is the zen. Yeah. Like, when we know that, like, okay, today's Wednesday, we pretty much know what to expect. We're yeah. seven mm -hmm. years into the game now, and this is what's going to happen tonight. And but also, it's, I like it's, that part. it's consistently unpredictable. I mean, yeah. like every consistently run of unpredictable. Yeah, that's true of our business, yeah. of course. I mean, they, well, we're dealing with everything that we're dealing with that that can happen, and then we're dealing with the human condition, and we're feeding them drugs. The human condition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, that yeah. the last legal substance. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I think I think someone said on the show once. For now. I was like, wow, that's <laughs> probably true. Like, if, yeah. if alcohol were just discovered today, one hundred percent illegal drug. Yeah. Right? But because we've had it for so long, we're just uh, accustomed yeah. to using it and selling it and serving it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's fascinating because every place that we've been a part of that we've opened, there's been some different type of challenge to deal with at the beginning phases of it. And even with Clover is probably one of our most successful projects. When we opened, it was uh, 2008 and that, that economic crash and the political climate was yeah. really something to be reckoned with. And, and we didn't anticipate that. And we had to ride that out for a year. And there's a lot of lessons learned in it. But it's well, been... And, and we were kind of the only thing happening at that time until you guys at Prime Meats and opened and um, yeah, yeah there yeah. wasn't a lot going on over there no we were, we were accused right, but even of still like Prime Meats yeah. Prime Meats is great and it has a great reputation but it uh, it was it, it was a restaurant more than a bar you guys are definitely a bar more than a restaurant you serve food but yeah but like yeah. Uh, I see it what really you're saying fucking you, awesome you guys were food, yeah, by yeah. The way. yeah it's you guys were planting the flag of yeah. like we're going to do cocktails. Crushing. Totally. Well, we, originally when we opened Clover, we had it was a cocktail bar and we were going to have a small food menu. And then we realized very quickly that 
people in Brooklyn want to eat. <laughs> you know, they want to eat more than the people did in Manhattan. They wanted to come in just for cocktails and maybe have a bite. In Brooklyn, everybody wanted to sit down. They didn't. They wanted a comfortable stool. You know, they didn't want to be shoved into a space. Whereas at Flatiron Lounge, it was like if people weren't spilling their martinis on each other in that tunnel, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. then it wasn't a fun night. You know. Sure. Um, well, so it was a very I think, between just the real estate of the two sections of town, right? Sure. Manhattan yep. is tight, and everything costs a lot of money. Uh, not that Brooklyn doesn't cost money, but it's it's bro- broader spaces that can spread out a little bit more. Yeah. For the same dollar. Yeah, well, Brooklyn's a bigger difference. challenge because of that, because there's this perception that it's, you know, so much less expensive in Brooklyn and, and running a business, really. Which isn't that much less expensive, It's total right. bullshit. It's, yeah. it's, it's totally bullshit. flipped. <laughs> it, it is. Everything's and it insane. flipped around the same time that you opened, yeah. Yeah. actually. Yes, it did. And right. here we are Manhattan charging about... Manhattan became cheaper than Brooklyn, and then also Brooklyn became more expensive than San Francisco, yeah. which was... Yeah, it was that helped it, you know, the, the most expensive yeah. uh, city. So suddenly you're offering similar products and similar items, but you're also charge, charging charge less. Brooklyn yeah. prices. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and you still pricing, right? Yeah, and you still get reviews that are like it's so expensive at like twelve dollars uh, a drink, you know, at thirteen dollars yeah. a drink. Whereas in Manhattan, you're getting the same drinks for sixteen to eighteen dollars, right? And yeah. nobody is barking because it's Manhattan. You know what right? always fucks <laughs> me up in my head about that shit? It's like. The, you live on tighter margins. The, yeah, you get good at it. If you if you order a, a cocktail, that's say Manhattan, uh, like a cocktail, not the the borough, but like you order a Manhattan that's thirteen bucks, which is kind of like what it should cost, at, at the very least, or the sure. kind of like that. That's the gentle price, right? Sure, you're paying the rent on the stool. I'm doing the dishes. I I, I set up the lighting for you, like all the things. But I I pour you a glass of. Uh, like a, a track and Riesling for like 17 or 18 bucks. You don't really say anything about that. Yeah. But then the $13 Manhattan that someone had to make. Yeah. Like. I didn't just pop this bottle and pour it. I yeah. had to make it. Yeah. What, what's the, uh, yeah. what's the deal there? But, you yeah, know? I, like, I guess perception is always going to be a, the wild sure. card uh, and, and perceived value on everything. I've spent yeah. more on one beer than like a glass of Pappy Van Winkle. Sure. Depending on where you go and, and where you're at. Yeah. Talk about a little bit about <laughs> about how, um, if you can define this, and maybe you can't, but you, you've, you've created a lot of personalities. You've, 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 you've sort of plucked people and made them into what they are. And how do you, is that a skill that you honed? Is that a skill that you just had innately? Like a lot of folks have come through your door and gone on to open their own thing. I think it's vibes so. though. Mm-hmm. I think it all comes down to vibes. Well, I I I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think that, I mean, learning how to hire is a very important skill. Um, And, you know, we've been doing this for a really long time. And so, you know, my thing is always I hire personality first, you know, and, and half of the interview is the walk from the door to coming to sit down with me. Um, because I, how, how can the person, how does the person make me feel before they even open their mouth and speak, you know, cause that's what the guest is going to experience, whether you're on the floor or behind the bar or you're running food. Um, and so that's always been my sort of number one kind of what kind of energy and aura does this person have? Cause that's the thing that you can't teach. I can teach somebody how to be a cocktail server or how to bartend, um, make all the cocktails to the specs that we want. You can't teach some people how to how to be nice and how to be right. likable to the public. Sure. Um, if you have a so, fake smile, you can see right through it. And I, I mean, think, customers. I think like 
and that's I, I totally agree with all that. But how do, do you think that you knew that from the beginning? Do you think in the beginning, on the first day you were hiring your first employee, you were like, I need to hire a personality? Or were you um, thinking, man, I need a bartender because I just opened a, I'm about to open a bar? I think that we knew we were spending 80 hours a week in our bars, and we wanted to be around people that were kind and, mm. and good people. And so that's what we were hiring mm-hmm. on. I mean, I spent a lot of time talking to people. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> so I have to assume we, prior to that, you spent some hours a week, you know, at bars, right? So you, sure. you, you oh. already had experience of like what you, what you liked in a person. Yeah, yeah we, we started out in San Francisco before moving to New York. And yeah, I mean, that was, you know, and we were both in our, you know, late 20s, early 30s and we were getting ready to open Flatiron. Um, and yeah, we wanted, it was fun. And we were just like, we want to work with cool, fun people. And, and so I, I brought in a couple people that I had already been working with. Um, we had a bartender friend uh, who w- lived in San Francisco who moved out for the opening of, of Flatiron Lounge. Um, and we just, you know, we tried to hire people that would fit within our family. And it's always kind of been that for us is like finding, there have been great bartenders who I've passed on because I didn't feel like they were, they would fit with our Pe- our people, sure. you know, because um, they're just it's just a different style of of person or personality that may not work for us. Um, Sue, we cut off from hiring very early on. I think Phil Ward was the <laughs> Phil Ward was the last bartender that oh, Sue was shit. ever. <laughs> Phil your still last, your last best mistake. Yeah. yeah, Phil tells a story about how he came in to interview, and it's, we were both interviewing people, and I would blow through people, and you know, I'm like, next, next, yeah, we're, we're we'll call you back, you know. And Sue would sit there and talk to somebody for 40 minutes, and they all would think that they had the job, and she's like counseling them on their life, and yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's I want to go deep. I want to know about. Yeah, I want to know. That's what I love about yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what we got our nicknames of. Uh, I was the destroyer of dreams, and Sue was the giver of false hope. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Neither one of yeah. those is super positive. No, no. It's not. so so Sue. <laughs> in the Phil middle, comes in. Phil Ward comes in, and and he's like, I hope I get the nice lady. That was his mental thought of like wishing for Sue as the interview. And and he was lucky enough to have Sue talk to him for forty five minutes and then hire him. You know? <laughs> Amazing, and and like again, your track record is fucking unreal. Frankly, yeah. Like, like even even your own, uh, you talked about you've made this sort of yearbook that Jill drew up. Yeah, like those are some stalwart folks, and and, yeah. and not all of them still work with you. Obviously, they've all gone on to open their own places or move on to other positions that are still recognized and known and. Like yeah, we you, had, you're like a star making factory over there. We had two that were in the best bartender of the year, ten, top 10 yeah. this year. Kevin Dietrich, we made the top four, and Frankie Marshall. Yep. Um, but yeah, we've, you know, I mean, I think that the bar itself has really fostered a lot of, you know, talent we've had and, and has had a lot of great people teaching also. You know, yeah. I mean, Giuseppe Gonzalez is our opening head bartender. Um, followed by Brad Farron and, you know, yeah, we've had Thomas Wall. We had tons of, of great people, but they also sort of taught and vibed off of each other, you know. So it hasn't, in the beginning, it was me sort of creating all the drinks and all the menus and then training everybody. Um, but yeah, very early on at Flatiron even, it was K- Katie Stipe and Phil behind the bar, you know, with John Blue and, you know, and so many people, and I was still learning, you know, at that time, it was like, there was, there was no bar school, you know, so I, I was back there kind of trying to figure it all out with those guys. Um, and so it was just kind of like a think tank and everybody just learning from one another. Right. Everybody being willing to, to teach and learn at the same time, which, yeah. which teaching is learning. Yeah. Right? And then people who just have passion for it. Um, yeah. and that's another thing you can't teach is passion. So personality and passion are the things that, you know, you try to, 
so seek out yeah. and then you can train them on your systems. Yeah. I also think that we very much wanted to create an environment where people can come in and learn from us and, and then, you know, go on to do great things. Like we never want to hold people back. And if you're super talented and you're passionate and you want to continue to work with us, like we want to make you a partner and move on to other things with you. And if you have ideas to do something on your own, then take what you've learned with us and go do something great and open it up in the neighborhood, like make it better. Right. I picked you because you're awesome. So I want you to continue to be awesome. Exactly. Right. Well, that's like I met Ryan Laloya at Lonnie Kai when I was doing I did two guest shifts there for Brad Miller's like Tiki Mondays. And that I, created. I, I remember <laughs> yes, neither of them. That I created. <laughs> Julie Reiner's yes, you're Tiki welcome. Mondays. <laughs> yeah, I don't really remember being there at all. But uh, no one does. I remember <laughs> Ryan being the fucking most cheerful, badass dude. Oh, Ryan yes. held that Still thing is, together yeah. for yeah. its duration. Yeah, I <laughs> would wholeheartedly agree. But, yes. yes, but also he, what. What a just blast of energy. What a positive, he's, beautiful, like yeah. amazing yeah. person. He's so good to be around. He's like that all he's, the time. He's so good. He's one of my and favorite it's, people. It's actually yeah. just like one of the most like inspirational like human beings mm-hmm. like as far as like a, a bartender goes uh, in someone in this industry because yep. he really, he believes in it. Yep. And you know what? He also... He believes in you, and he's really fucking loyal to you. I know. You know? He is. Uh, Ryan. And, and I love that guy. I'll like, tell you the story about hiring Ryan. He, So I put an ad out for a barback slash busser, and Ryan had just like moved up to New York, and there was, you know, and he was the from very. From Florida. From Florida. He yeah. was the first person to walk through the door, and again, he walks up to me, and I I felt this beautiful energy. It's like a pony. He comes Oh, my God. And I, I was like. I love how hippie. Like, Hawaiian you are. I love People don't know that about her. (laughs) You also lived in Florida too, right? I did, yeah. I went to college in Florida and yeah. yeah. So I, so he walks up to me and I just, you know, that's again, like he is, I always say it, I say it to him, I say it to everybody that he is my favorite bartender in New York City because he makes me feel so good. I walk into Leanda and he's like, He's just like that dog wagging his tail. He's happy so to happy see to see you, you yeah. every single time, you know? <laughs> True. And if you dan- if you look at him over and the he bar. He kind of looks like a Scottish terrier. He does. <laughs> With that beard. So <laughs> you look over the bar at him and you dance and he'll dance right back oh at God. you like in the same move, you know? It's it's such his a beautiful thing. unreal. So yeah. I put a sign on that. He came in. He's the only person I interviewed for the job. And I, he left and I put a sign on the door. It was like... Positions filled. filled. That was it. And then when we sold Lonnie Kai, there were three people that I was like, we are, these are these, I was like, I told Christine, I don't care if we have space for them because these are people that we're not losing. And it was Ivy Mix, Mauricio Santana, who is our 12 year barback. Amazing dude. He is like. He barbacked for me the other week for BCB. Yeah. What a great dude. MVP of Uh, Crushed it. Everything I asked for was in my hand before I finished asking. Yeah. He's. just really said amazing, uh, and Ivy mix. And those yeah. were the three that I was yeah. like, "We're not, we're not losing these guys." But Brian is my ultimate favorite bartender of all time. I think the real takeaway here from this show is the 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 love that you put into the business and the way that you you really like treat the business and your people, your your staff, your. Your fa- they're your family, man. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and then like also like your customers, your your neighbors, 
We're neighbors. It all feeds We're neighbors. exactly. It, it all, all feeds you, into you know? yeah. It creates the culture. It, yeah. yeah. If you're a curmudgeon bastard, and, that's how your culture of your bar is going to be. And that's how you uh, you make it past uh, ten year mark, right? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Just gotta be good. Yeah. Well, just don't be a well, dick. That, don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah, don't treat, be a dick. Be good to people. Yeah. Treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, having, having a Christine Williams doesn't hurt either. That's I, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She keeps a, all of us. Having a pet, she keeps all of us reeled in. Yeah. <laughs> keeps you have such a tight. great staff. And and I love that. Christine being a partner is like the most successful and, thing we ever did. Tom. Yeah, I mean, that was, we had, you know, a kind of so a tumultuous cool. beginning at, at Clover. We had a, a, a partner who was in real estate and who wanted Wait, immediate. Wait, uh, You're saying that you had a, a, a startup that it, it was hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, it. right? It yeah. never yeah. happens. Normally it's so easy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Weird. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately we ended up buying said partner out and uh christine williams who was our gm at the time uh she completely orchestrated the entire thing and was like we we can do this and this is how we're gonna do it we were so (laughs) beaten down and like defeated by it and she was the one who like sort of huddled us and she was like we can absolutely do this and and she and i like together really like sort of took over the whole thing and worked the whole it was a pretty contentious buyout it took a year you know, and yeah, uh, yeah. hostile it was, takeover. It, well, it, was it really was. It was like <laughs> the three of us just pushed this this guy into a corner. Yeah, we were like the witches of Eastwick. Yeah, but, you, but you're <laughs> you know, still here. You're stronger. Yeah, yeah. You're better. Oh, yeah. Like you're, you're, you're. I feel like sometimes that's it. what it takes. You know, you have to you have to do what's right for the business, and you have to support your your team that you have. Mm-hmm. And if there's someone on the team, even if it's the partner that isn't supportive of the whole effort, then they've got to go. Yeah. Yeah, like it uh, sucks. And, and then we, at the same time, made Tom Macy a partner, which was also the best thing we ever did. Sure, yeah. especially for me because he's he's Tom's like my right hand. I always say was, we were laughing the other day. I always say, "Oh, I don't know what I would do without Tom." She says that and often. Then Tom <laughs> says he goes, "You say that," and he, Tom says, "I don't know what I would do without Jelani." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It always trickles down, right? Who's, who's, yep. who's all the way at the bottom? Who's all the way at the top? Nobody yeah. really knows, right? Yeah, because it's all reliant. You know, exactly. Yeah. And when just it's a total poll. Everybody's important. Yeah, and people who are just not, they're not afraid to, to work hard. But, you know, they see us bussing tables. And, you know, last night the food runner called out and Sue and I were the food runner all night long at Clover. Super glamorous. It, but but you know what? It makes a difference when to your team when you're willing to get in and do what you're asking the team to do. Exactly. I feel like I kind of get away with, with, with having that happen all the time because my team is literally myself and three people, right? So I'm, I'm, I do just as much as they do or more. Well, probably more. Um, but 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 they understand and they respect that. They know that I'm I'm willing to do exactly what I, what anything I ask them to do. They know I've already done it too, and I will do it too. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I think that makes a massive difference, and I think that's probably part and parcel to your success at that place. Right? It's got to be. Yeah. There's no way that it's not. Yeah. Because well, you still pull shifts, right? Every Tuesday. Is that still true? Yeah, I, I manage the floor on Tuesdays. I'll be there this Friday night as well, doing a Friday night cameo. Yeah. <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> um, yeah, and we're we're there all the time. We live on Smith Street. You know, Sue's there during the day, five days a week, sometimes six. That's important too. Yeah. Um, I, I probably touch a Mori Margot six, if not seven days a week, because I live eight blocks away. Yeah. Like you I, have I to. I just got to go touch it, make sure it's still there. 
Exactly. Right? Now you gotta. I mean, owner involvement uh, is the key to success in the bar business for sure. Yeah. We just yeah. live on Smith Street. Christine and I joke. We're just like, at least we know. Like one day we're just gonna like be crossing Smith Street and not look up. <laughs> like we're just be like, this is how it's happening. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is, is how I go the out. The story ends right here. The story ends in the middle of the street between the two bars. Yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. That's very poetic. Yeah, uh, and kind of romantic in a weird way. <laughs> Very then, cool. Then, well, the, then the ensuing wake happens, dude. <laughs> which is a party. On which both will be sides. a party. <laughs> no, what, no one knows about that. I mean, come on. Like we, we don't we don't know about like you know like thinking about like taking the apartment above our bar. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you think about it, you're like, God damn it. Did if, you do that? If hell, if hell, I almost did. <laughs> I almost did. But then I was like, no, no, no. Oh, you should have. I would have if I were you. Yeah, if Helen would move out, I would move in. She's been up there. The bar's been here for seven years. She's been there for 37. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So yeah. it's probably not going to change oh, anytime Helen. soon. Uh, oh, Helen. <laughs> well, speaking of neighbors, it's so. it's been my pleasure to have you as neighbors and friends Yeah, I for all this time. Uh, it's... I, I love you two so much, and uh, I want to ask one more question. We're not done. Yeah, no, no, time. No, we started late, so we can go late, yeah. right, Dave? I, but but I'm saying, okay. let, me, let me finish my cinnamon. <laughs> Shut fucker. up, Dave. No, it's it's we we control the volume. Um, no, I just want to say that it's been like like obviously you've been very helpful for like you know times where like have you had to go get some ice for us or like you know, but also just like having uh, an ear to bend, you know, and like grab some information and also. You know, sometimes you just need a fucking hug, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's good neighbors. Yeah, it's good neighbor it's policy. Neighbors, well, and you know? we we loved it when you when you opened um, your place and then uh, Grand Army and um, your place, Grand Army, and then uh, what's the other place? Prime Eats. Prime Eats. No, um, Long Island Bar. Long Island Bar. Oh, Long thank Island, you. Yeah. Mental block. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> because it made it. it well, it, right it, across the street is La Boudoir, where Frankie is. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It it made it sort of. It's that now there's like a crawl in the neighborhood, you and there's told like me a. That, like, it's, it's true. Fantastic. It's a lot of the time. Like it it makes it better, just like where you are in the East Village. It's like people Couldn't now come there to do a crawl and they hit all of those bars because they it makes for a, a, an evening and we send people to you and yeah. you send people to us and all it's the time. it's a great Lots of sort of yep. yeah it's Lots a of really, bottled uh, yeah. Palomas. Palomas, yeah. <laughs> it enriches the guest experience to be able to be the concierge for them you yeah. know when they say oh I'm really enjoying myself here but I'm in town from wherever where can I go next oh my yeah. god you gotta go next door to this you gotta go here so you gotta go around the, the corner time. to proletariat yeah. if you like beer you gotta yeah. like, being able to tell people where to go and be excited about it and not be like well I'm pissed you're leaving my bar I don't right. care if you leave my bar you yeah, already no. came to my bar go you're to another bar back. it's not competition yeah. Yeah. it's synergy that's right yeah. but also that I have to tell you again because I'm pretty sure I've told you this several times but that was like a, a defining moment in my life when you were like, Damon, let's talk for a second. And you pulled me aside one night and you were like, so. You'd look better you with your... a beard is what you said. <laughs> was that 10 years you, ago? You might need to shave. No. Uh, <laughs> I did no. not say that. No, you were like, you're like, all right, we need, a, we need to talk real quick. You were like, we've got Long Island Bar down there. We've got like Landa. It's coming up. Um, you got your bar open. It's like we really need to like think about like taking care of each other. Yeah, being a team. And I was like, oh my god, I made it into the fucking Julie Reiner Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you so, know. I think thank about, you again for that. Always in the club. I, I think about those kind of things. Is like you know we all work for the same 
bank. We'll just all at different branch offices, right? Yeah. So we can send those inner office mem- memos. That's the boomerang. Uh, we have clients that are all the same. Like, I get it. It makes total sense in my mind. But I, before we run out of time, I do want to ask this question. I asked it a couple, I don't know, maybe a month ago, um, of another guest on the show. You guys have a kid. How is balancing work and what we do, which is late nights and, you know, a little bit of excessiveness maybe, and having a kid? Do you want to talk about that? You don't have to. No, it's, I mean, I think it's like I think it's else. fascinating because I don't have a kid. She's currently sitting in the side room. Yeah, yeah, we invited her in. school we, was we, yesterday. Yeah, she's watching well, we invited her in, but she's, she's green watching room something. The radio yeah, yeah. She's green like, room. this is so boring. She's yeah. like, oh, my mom's doing a radio show, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again? Yeah, she's nine. She could care less. Yeah, I think it's like anything she's, else. She's nine? Okay, so she's yeah. nine years she's old. Nine. So everything is uncool. Um, I think that you don't know what you have the capacity to do until you are challenged with it, and then you figure it out. And I think that we have the luxury of having uh, really great partners who, you know, there's a lot of give and take. And, you know, Maya's around uh, bars all the time after school and in between after school programs and... Or or I got to run out, you know, she's sick and I got to run to school and like Christine covers and Tom covers and everybody just pulls together. So it's easier to, you know, raise a child while you're operating multiple businesses. It takes a a village village. sort of thing. Your family isn't just your family. Yeah. Yeah. As you earlier said, you you don't build a team, you build a family. Right. Right. Yeah. And she's anti-Christine to... To Maya, yeah. Christine teaches Maya all of the things that you like wet willies, all the stuff that you don't all the important want. Important life know. lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who's like, "I'm getting her a drum set." Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> um, Christine but, taught her how to belch across the yeah. table. Actually, yeah, totally. it's like real, real good life lessons. I think that we, you know, for us, <laughs> we Charm had school. Maya. We had Maya like she's the same age as the bar. If you go back right. to like okay, in sure. Euro, <laughs> we became pregnant with her within like a month after opening Clover Club, mm. or but no, before we. Opened. Yeah, um, man, try, that must try have been your real estate somewhat frightening that, and challenging at yeah, that moment. That that was an accident. That it just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oops. Julie just got me pregnant. It was an accident. Yeah. Well, we thought this this could take yeah. a long time, and yeah. 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 we were told it could take a long time, and so, but you know, fertile Myrtle over here on the first try. I was like, what? If there was ever a, if there was ever a lesbian mistake, yeah. I mean, you know, good for you. You didn't have to go through the trials of exactly. over and over and the disappointments and yeah. all that stuff. No, we, we just had to hide it through the last phase of the yeah. construction, you know, period. And, and all, of course, like through the opening party so at like Clover Club. Coveralls to I hide just, it. Just, yeah, masks and everything <laughs> with all the construction dust. Mocktails from Nate Dumas, who we, was, he the was the only, only person one that we, we told. In. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, I think it's, it's it is definitely harder <laughs> for people who are still like behind the stick. Um, on a regular basis because we were able to kind of edit our schedule. So one, sure. when Maya was born, like I really stopped working like those, you know, crazy 4 a.m. nights. Um, and I've kind of always handled the daytime stuff. So, yeah. you know, I've, I've been more of a nine to fiver for the last decade, I think. Yeah, so we kind of were, have been back and forth with it, you know, but I see a lot of other, you know, younger moms these days who are, you know, showing, putting, I love <laughs> putting hearing, it all out there on Instagram. I love hearing here. the different answers, you know. Yeah. Uh, it was Natasha yeah. David who I asked. Yeah. I didn't want to give it away, but when I asked her, I said, how do you balance that? She she literally leaned into the mic. She goes, there is no balance. It's chaos. Yeah. And when they're that <laughs> it's like little. It's, it's fucking chaos. Yeah. It's chaos. She's like, there's no balance. No. I, I just, I get it done. I have to get it done. There's no not getting it done. It must yeah. be done. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, so I it's really just like curious to know that a decade, that. yeah. She's like, you don't know what your abilities are until you're, until you're tested. With them. Yeah, 
Yeah, you just have to you it's just beautiful. step up and and they need you and they need you to be there for them and they need you to be strong and get it all done and you do because you have to. Cuz you right. have to. Well, people people often say a life is like yeah. dependent on that. And they yeah. also and we have, have no memory of anything before four. So we, we had like a few years <laughs> to like catch it just, up. You can just <laughs> budget. Yeah. Just budget now now we got to like, now yeah. we got to really show yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oops, <laughs> I shook this martini. Yeah. And we have bartender. But you'll you know, never Tom, remember. <laughs> Tom Macy has three girls under the age right. of five. Three. Yeah. And Pedro had a baby yesterday. So we have oh, bartenders. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bartender, baby number four. We now have a baseball Because you can't expect, right, you kind of do. Because you can't can't expect that that life isn't going to carry on because you've you've built this business. The yeah. business is part of life, and you hired these people, and they were at the, and you too are at the same right age to do that thing in your life, and so that happens at the same time. It's like there's no separating the two things. Yeah, can't just say, well, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, or vice versa. You got it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, we were opening bars for so long too that we we waited as long as we possibly could. We were you know 38 and 39 when we had Maya. Sure. We were like, oh no, are we doing that? <laughs> right, because we should do it now because. It's kind of now or never, right? So, and you did it, and, and it's it's obviously successful, and every, everybody's happy. That's that just that just stuff fascinates me. It's like it's how to balance that stuff, and and I guess you 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 you're lucky. You're the nine to fiver. You're the late nighter. So that's the balance in that part of it. Like amazing. I have a question. Um, do you have? I mean, you have the the craft cocktail book that you wrote. We talked about it on the last time you were on the show for your your aunt. Yeah, well, I I mean, mainly it was sort of like I was getting so many emails about right. what should I make for Thanksgiving? What, should I make, for what yeah. should I make for my 4th of July party? And so I had been sending people emails for years and I was just like, you know, I wanted to write a book that was for home cocktail, You're home like, bartending. I, I want to stop fucking emailing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just buy the fucking book, yeah. assholes. Here you yeah. go. My yeah, my my sister-in-law, my aunt, my mom, yeah. Sue's mom, all of them. Do, um, do you have some yeah. more projects coming up that you can talk about or Um well, you know, we're always kind of looking to do some new things. We have nothing in the works that can be discussed currently, but you never know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're, we're I don't, I, we're yeah, writing that book was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. So, same, yeah, I, I think you we did it on your Southern and I talked dude. about it, but it's very much, <laughs> you know, it's like you manage bars and you, you work the stick and you're, you're in yeah. this like sort of controlled chaos of the bar business, yeah. and then suddenly you're sitting at a computer by yourself trying to put down, you know, well, now to, pick to, up to, your bar spoon and, to you do, know, to do a thing that uh, you hadn't written a book before, right? No. My first, I, some, a skill I didn't know how to do. Yeah. Like even the first assignment that my editor gave me, I was like, okay. He said, write a thousand words on gin. Maybe it makes the book. Maybe it doesn't just exercise. Go write a thousand words on gin. And I was like, okay, cool. And I went home and I was like, what do you do? You, you count the words? How do you do this? Yeah. <laughs> So I had to find an app that had a word counter in it. And I was like, okay, now I got that. And then I was like, I don't know what a thousand word looks like. So I went to a random website and I just copied words and pasted them in the thing. And I was like, oh, that's only 600 words. Go get some more. Holy shit, a thousand words is a lot of words. Yeah. But now I know what it looks like. Okay, so, so I had no clue how to begin. Yeah. And yeah, it was very difficult. That's Plus it's running tough. the bar. Yeah, Dave Dave Wondrich, who lives in the neighborhood, would come into Clover, and I I, I was just like, how do you do this for a living? <laughs> I was like, I wanted because to... Because he doesn't do what we do. <laughs> I know, but still, I would stab myself in the eye if I had to be a writer we'll on talk a about day, that daily basis. Next, next week. Well, no, that's what his wife, his wife, a, Karen, says to me. She goes, yeah, she goes, angel. he's a nightmare when, he's, when he has a de- deadline. <laughs> She's an angel, because he probably is, and it's, it's very difficult. Yeah, I didn't... Uh, 
I didn't enjoy it. But now that it's over, I think it's all right. Yeah, it's great. Once <laughs> you get that thing, done. you throw it on the table, you're like, ha, I yeah. did that. It's like, like getting a tattoo or having a baby. Yeah. Once it's over, you're like. I like that those right. two are the same in your mind. You, you guys, yeah. Do you ladies feel like those are the same? Getting a tattoo, having a baby. Yeah. It's all very similar. Opening a bar. Yeah, yeah. They're all slightly painful. They're, all, yeah. they're very painful. You and forget about the pain. You decide to do it once again. You get past it. Yeah. You're you're done. I've already been like asked to write it. another book, and it's I'm like, yeah, kind of. Probably will do it. Really First one's not even out yet. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, probably do it. Get on. I think that's it for the show, right? Yeah, we're kind of we need to wrap it up. Um what a great episode. Thank you so much, ladies, for being on the show Thank and talk to, talking to us about everything that you've done and, and, and everything that you do already. Not and, everything. Well, not everything. We have, have, have them back to leave some to mystery. Talk some to leave some mystery. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you straight out on the air, see if you're willing to do this. Um, we've already got a show planned that's coming up. It's going to be uh, um, Jim Meehan's agreed to be on there. And we're going to talk about, and I'm going to be on it. Damon's maybe going to inter- interview us. Oh. We're going to talk about things that, that didn't work out. Uh, I'm going to talk about my app that failed and my bar that sank. And maybe you want to come on and talk about Lonnie Kai. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Jim's going to come on and talk about Prairie School. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, well, no. Like I just got hard right at the yeah, end. Yeah, you got hard at the I've end. I had a drink. Oh, we've yeah, we've no, we've talked about it. We've done entire seminars at at um, bar. I think, about I think people it. are willing to. Well, not willing. I think people want to hear this stuff. Oh, sure. Like it's it's great to hear all the successes, but sometimes yeah. you need to hear that there are failures. And I think, you know, you I recently, learn every part. Of I recently it. posted something on Facebook about how you know I suffer from a lot of depression, and, and people are like, oh my god, I thought your life was great. It's perfect. You have all these things going on and all this stuff, and your show and your book and your bars, and how is life not great? And I'm like, well, you know, life sucks too. It's both, and it yeah. can be both, and that's okay. I'm not looking for help. I was just letting you know. Yeah. Right. So maybe we can exactly. talk about that in the future. Yeah, I. We it's would okay be to not be happy. okay. It's okay to not be okay. We'd be happy to come in and talk about our failures. <laughs> Learn more from right. that than from so, the successes. Yeah. Right. This show's only yeah, this show's only an hour usually. Maybe that's a multi-hour show. Uh, shows coming up. We got Matt Curry coming up. He's the New York Cocktail Expo guy. Uh, Jesse Scheidler of uh, Threesome Tollbooth. Have you guys been out there yet? No. You guys got to go. I'll get you reservations through this guy. He's great. Where it's, is it? It's the bar in Bushwick that seats two people. It's, oh, I've heard about yeah, this. Yeah, it's amazing. I went two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and he's going to be on the show. He's an amazing, awesome. crazy character. Sounds the great. experience is fantastic. Oh, get me a reservation. For sure. Please. We'll do. It'll be we'll a talk date later. night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, that's, it's, it's fantastic. Perfect. It's super charming. Uh, listen to the episode when he comes on. Great episode coming up, too. Got Josh Polina, who's the doorman at Death & Company. Stands outside all night long, all yeah, year long. Josh. Wow. With Santi Daddy, who runs the phones at yeah. PDT, so like gatekeeper episode. <laughs> like, what's it about yeah, to run totally. the door at two places that are wildly popular? Amy Zavato's coming up to talk about her book about Prosecco. Rob Morton's just opened a new bar uh, in Brooklyn. Ben Rojo from the Washington Bar. A lot of great shows coming up. Plus, we'll be going off the tales of the cocktail to celebrate our potential win yes. for the best uh, podcast. Yes, uh, thank you for luck. being on the show. I'm um, for you. Let's talk real quick about you guys. You got any social media you want to promote real fast? Uh, Instagram, stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, at Mixtress NYC. Mixtress, M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S, yeah? yeah. Yes, and uh, Clover, Cl- at Clover Club NY. Yeah? Leanda got something, too? Leanda, same, at Leanda NY. NY. I like how you don't know. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's Leanda NY. I find it so funny. It happens all the time with a lot of our, our guests, and even myself sometimes. I can't remember my own. It's on the corner media. of Google and yeah. iPhone. <laughs> yeah. 
know? <laughs> check it out for yourself. Just check it out. Do a search. <laughs> You'll find us. Uh, take two seconds to go on uh, your favorite uh, um, uh, app uh, where you're listening to our show and, and give us a review. Reviews help us out. Also, go on heritageradionetwork.org and uh, donate to our cause. We're having our summer fun drive. We're trying to reach 25000 by the end of the summer. Um, plus, we always need your help uh, to keep shows like this on air. Damon, you got anything else? Yeah, I wanted to add a little bit to the yeah. to the end of this. Um, we we always love having mm-hmm. uh, any of our like we have a lot of listeners from around the world, and especially like if you're if you're local or if you're visiting New York City, um, we we just love having people come in and sit in the studio, so you can actually come in and sit in and uh, hang out and have some you know, for instance, bottled Palomas. Uh, from from uh, Leanda, um, but we we do invite our uh, just in the same way that we do with our bars. We we want to invite our our listeners into the studio to come and hang out and meet our guests on the show, um, and just kind of like it's always a lot. It's fun. A lot of fun to just like sit in the studio. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun because there's a lot of stuff that happens before and after the show. Like you know, the whole idea of this show is to be very conversational and um, uh, like shop talk, yeah. essentially. So uh, you know, a lot of that happens after the bar closes. So a lot of that actually happens after we when the, shut when down the mics the show. go silent. Yeah, yeah. but uh, have some drinks and uh, come uh, hang out with us and our guests. And uh, also, we kind of started this new idea where we have like five leads from the. Uh, the, the interface where we can uh, we have five sets of headphones but uh, you know when you sit in the, the studio you kind of want to have some headphones so we've got we're starting this whole thing where it's like a BYOH thing where <laughs> bring, bring your own, bring headphones. own headphones we'll have uh, the leads t- to uh, split off and you can actually plug in your headphones uh, until we <laughs> we get that $50,000 donation from Dave Wondrich and Noah <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> Stay tuned then for maybe that next we week. can buy some more headphones. Stay tuned but, for that uh, next week. But we definitely will uh, always have the door open for you to uh, come in and hang out. We've had a lot of great people come yeah, in. absolutely. And uh, we've met a lot of new friends uh, coming in the studio uh, and just check out the show. Yes, yeah, tons of fun. Have a beer, have a glass of whiskey, have a cocktail. And uh, yeah, like I said, you know, just like our bars, the doors are always open. That's right. So please uh, feel free to reach out to us. Also, we want to talk to you about um, sending us any kind of questions you have for guests, like upcoming guests. Yeah, I read off the upcoming guests every end of every show. We've got uh, yeah. our Twitter account, which is Speakeasy Radio. Speakeasy We've got our Radio. Instagram account, which is Speakeasy Podcast. Uh, you can reach me at Creative Drunk on all media. Any questions you have for any up- upcoming guests, we'll, we'll add them to the show. And you can reach me at Damon Bolte uh, as well. Yeah. So... Please do send in any questions, and we look forward to filling those uh, those thoughts. Uh, Julie, Susan, you're two of my favorite fucking people in the world. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thanks and for uh, us. friends of the studio, um, I got hugs for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, we're doing that right after we go off air, uh, if not before. Thanks for listening to the Speakeasy. That's it for this week. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. And cheers, y'all. Cheers, guys. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that say.
Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Let's go.